0: It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. Welcome to the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, Making Your World Better. Uh, Not too long ago, I received a really inspiring email. It was actually from somebody who's been listening to our podcast for quite some time. In fact, she raved about the podcast and talked about how she spreads it around and passes it to different members of their organization because they found it so helpful and they love the variety of guests that we have on and the various topics that we cover on this podcast. And I'll be honest, it was one of those emails you liked to receive, and it was very touching. And so, actually, what I did was I, I looked into their organization, and I wanted to—I was curious to see what uh, you know motivates them as a nonprofit, and why did they connect so well with this podcast. And as I dove into their organization, I realized this is a really cool nonprofit. This nonprofit's all about developing leaders. Uh, They're about character-driven leadership. The organization's name is Strive. And so the more I looked into it, I said, I want them on the show and to tell a little bit more about their nonprofit. So sure enough, I made contact with them. And today's podcast is a guest from the Strive leadership team. She's actually the director of development. Her name is Linda Schirmeister-Guess, and she's going to talk all about developing leaders. You know, this podcast is about what it's a take to develop today's leaders to run effective nonprofits, and character-driven leadership is what Strive does 24-7. So I think you're going to really learn a lot about how do you develop leaders? What are those key character traits that you focus on? This is one of those shows you're going to want to listen to again and again. Enjoy today's show. Let's just dive right into the question. So introduce yourself a bit in your role there in Strive and a quick description of your work and your organization.
1: Yep, yeah, so I'm Linda Schummeister-Guess. I am the director of Development on paper anyway, and um, we here at Strive, um, we do uh, leadership development um, in lots of different uh, facets, lots of different audiences, and we really just focus on uh, developing individuals um, and intentionally educating them um, in leadership. So that can be within an organization, that can be within a sports team, that can be as an individual. Um, and I, I have the role of director of development, but as, as with many small nonprofits, we, we all kind of swim out of our swim lane and, and I do some facilitation, I do um, some other bits and pieces all around the organization as well. So um, kind of a little bit of everything is my role.
0: I think that's pretty common for nonprofits. You have kind of your primary role, but you always have secondary roles and tertiary roles sometimes and you end up wearing many hats. Um, Okay, so let's talk about Strive Leadership um, or Strive. Uh, What is the mission and what's the story? How did it get started?
1: So um, Strive How You Lead Matters, Um, our our mission is to very simply spread the power of character-based leadership. So for us, um, that is ensuring that um, people have the opportunity to not just learn leadership, skills, um, but practice them and get better at them and do so intentionally and in a very focused manner. Um, We we found that um, we think that leaders kind of sometimes happen by accident or people hope for leadership um, and hope that it develops and, and we think that it is a skill just like any sports or um, you know technological skill that you practice it you've got to get better at it you've got to fail you got to pick yourself up and so um, we were kind of born out of this this desire um, of seeing this gap where um, you know our, our founders um, were were young basketball and baseball coaches and they they continued to lament about how how terrible their team was. Obviously, not based on their coaching. Um, they refused to believe that it was based on the lack of leadership from their players. And um, they kind of like looked at each other and said, "Well, to be fair, that's probably not their fault. No one, no one's teaching them that. No one's letting them practice that. We're just asking them to lead." And so they they developed a, a summer. Uh, summer leadership program called Sports Challenge. And that was back in 1996. And um, in the past 20, 20 or so years, that has developed into not just uh, a summer program, that is now the year-round work that we do at Strive. Um, so it, it really was born out of this, this desire for stronger, better, and more leaders. And, and that's kind of what we, we continue to, to look to do.
0: Well, in your opinion, why is it so important that good leadership be character-driven?
1: Just with anything, you you can be good at something, um, but for it to be really impactful and for it to be meaningful, it's got to come from the inside. Um, you know, you can be great at, at shooting a basketball. You can be great at kicking a soccer ball. Um, but the why of why you're doing it, the, the, the value of it, the ethics of it, the internal... Um, Um, drive of it, that's where we think is important, it comes from that character it comes from your self self awareness, your motivation your values, that that really drives someone and so to be uh, an effective leader and to be an efficient leader, we think that has to come from the inside out so we we focus on developing and helping someone get in touch with those character pieces and then we combine that with those tangible leadership skills of better communication, how to collaborate what types of styles to use, and, and and those then come together for that character-driven leadership. But we believe it starts in that really central core within someone, um, which lives in their character. Well,
0: character leader, character-driven leadership is your focus, obviously, and uh, what a great focus to have when it comes to all that you provide. Um, you believe this to develop this kind of leadership, it really takes practice. Um, Why do you believe that? And give us a couple of examples of how this plays out and what you do with your organization.
1: Absolutely, so so one of the lead points of, of all our work is we kind of dispel some leadership myths, um, and, and one of those is is that we we do not believe that leaders are born. We we just completely dispel that. We don't believe that's how it happens. Um, we don't believe you come out of the womb and it's like ta-da, here, here's a leader. Um, and so we believe it is learned. Um, and so as with anything you learn, you you don't you don't come about being able to read and write. You learn to read and write. Um, You don't come out just speaking, you know. Um, You learn how to speak. And you do so by practicing. You do so by making mistakes, learning from it, reflecting on it, and then getting better. Um, And so that's where we believe leadership needs to fit into our society more in that somebody can practice a skill, um, be it a different style of leadership they're not usually good at, be it a different type of communication, you know, direct or indirect, that they're not good at, and then either fail and reflect upon that or or learn from it and get better and continuously practice um so so for us that that might include you know uh, pointing out to someone hey we were noticing you don't actively listen very well you know, and that that can be well. Okay, no one's ever really taught me how to listen. They've told me how to. They've told me to listen, but we haven't taught me how to. And so we work with people on how, what does active listening look like. What are some body language things you can do? Um, what are some words you can do? What are some things you can do that that will make you a better active listener? We then put them in positions and in exercises to practice that. We then take them back and we debrief and we talk through it. Um, And so this person now becomes hyper aware of a tiny skill of active listening um, that we believe is part of that communication piece of a leader. Um, So... That's just one of the examples of of how we think you can be practicing these skills and these pieces of leadership um, um, that that kind of will will make you far more successful and effective within that.
0: In your organization, it looks like when it comes to leadership training, you focus on six primary core competencies. Um, And I'll list those out because I I think they're actually all six of these are really critical ingredients, if you will, for leaders. Uh, It's self-awareness. It's grit. Teamwork. Empathy. Self efficacy and gratitude. Uh, I like your list, so talk a little bit about why you've selected these six as so critical and what do you base it upon?
1: So, um, All all of the work we do is based on, you know, a a great span of research into leadership, um, effectiveness, uh, lack of, you know, effectiveness, and also based on um, reports and and research into, uh, you know, hiring companies. What are companies and organizations and sports teams looking for in, in the people they're hiring? And... Um, you know, usually they go into 15 different types of traits. And of those 15 traits, 11 of those traits are, are usually soft skills. These, these are, you know, the kind of things where, like, we want somebody, you know, who works well as a team. We want somebody who can listen to their team. We want someone who works hard and achieves their goals. And, and it really narrows down to those six core competencies, right? It, it goes down to when, when you look at those and you think about, oh, who's the next person I want to hire? Or, who's the next person I want to work with? And, and the things you probably come up with are all going to fit into those those six core competencies. So our aim is to focus on those and then holistically develop those soft skills, so that we're, we're able to increase the socio-emotional development of the people we're working with, usually you know middle school, high school, college age um, students. To in the end, you know the end game is to quote unquote, make them more hireable. Essentially, we're going to make them more effective and more efficient at what they do, and and You know, like I said, it's all based on kind of this research that we've drawn together and all the kind of uh, things we've looked at that is going to make those more hireable traits for, for the world and economy that we live in right now.
0: Now, I'm curious, for your nonprofit, do you actually do research on your own or do you lean into other people's research? How does that go about in terms of selecting the type of research that you use?
1: That's a great question. Um, we primarily have utilized other people's research, um, and we are moving towards um, also utilizing our own research. So what we've done is we've used other people's research to guide our curriculum. Um, and then just this summer, actually, we, we implemented a curriculum specific to middle schoolers where we were able to um, secure a grant that allowed us to bring in our own researchers to see the effectiveness and, and the outcomes of our own curriculum. So that's, that's the way we're moving. Um, the, yeah, we've, we really just utilized external research and, and expertise uh, during our early growth periods.
0: And then for our listeners, explain in your opinion, um, out of those six, are there two that really rise up to say these are the most important, or perhaps even three out of those six that are most important in your opinion, or are they equally important?
1: I think... I think they're equally important, I think you know um it, it's really it's really the relationship between the skills and the people we're working with, like where is your weakness? you know what is something that your life experience has already made you good at but we might not have to focus on versus where where are some weak spots? I will say though that. That everything really, it, it really starts with self-awareness. Like that's kind of our launch pad for our curriculum and kind of that seed for all the meaningful growth, right? It is, it is knowing thyself is where, what am I good at? What am I not good at? What are my tendencies? Um, what are, you know, what are the things that I, I will lean towards? What is my natural styles? And then being able to build from that. And that sounds really simple, yet when we ask someone when's the last time you spent time looking at yourself, you know, very often we say, oh, don't be selfish. You're always looking in the mirror. You're always thinking about yourself. This is the time we encourage people, be selfish, you know, look at yourself, think about yourself, and then build out from it. And then for myself, I... You know, and I know right now this is a nice catchphrase in especially in the leadership world is this idea of grit um however, it's something I am deeply passionate about because it it's a term that when when you look at it, it sounds simple and and we know looking at you know Carol Dweck's work as well that that it is a, a defining factor of success yet we've got into this habit of telling people, go be gritty and not breaking it down. And I think that's something we do really well at Strive is breaking it down into really tangible, tangible pieces um, and, and things that they can practice and, and skills that they can utilize. So for me, those, those are really the, the front two. Um, and, 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 it you know, again, it does depend on, you know, what, what is the arena we're walking into and where are we at.
0: That's very important. And, and as I looked at your website, you do all kinds of programs that are very interesting. And uh, in fact, I thought it would be good for you to talk about the Summer Leadership Academy. I understand you're a graduate of that program, actually. What makes it so special in your mind? And what would you want people and our listeners to the podcast to know about your leadership program?
1: Yeah, so, so our Summer Leadership Program Sports Challenge was, was this original brainchild. Like this was where Strive was founded out of. Um, this This was kind of the original project and it and it was a place that was created where not just leadership would be learned and practiced as intentionally and as rigorously as the sport um, it was a place where you would learn it around people who didn't look like you who didn't sound like you and who weren't like you um the The aim and the mission has always been holistic diversity, which again we know can sound cliche and catchphray, but we really push to bring together kids from every socioeconomic background, geographic background, racial background, you know, e- e- everything in between. Um, so it's based in Middletown, Delaware. It's a nine-day residential academy um, with a, with about 80% of our student-athletes being on some type of financial need-based aid. Um, and it's, you know, student-athletes from all over the country coming to compete in basketball, soccer, and lacrosse, um, and they have – about six hours a day on the courts or fields as well as a, a morning fitness sessions and then about six hours in the classroom of leadership development we do sports psychology and leadership development so it's it's for me it's it's really a, a, a core part of my life it, it completely changed how I thought about leadership how I thought about sports um, I attended in off oh, oh, two thousand and five, and that was actually my first time here in america and that kind of spurred on my my life journey to, to wanting to go to college, to play sports, to wanting to continue to learn about leadership and eventually, you know, brought me back full circle to Strive, where, where I was allowed to coach first in the summer academy, then direct their summer program, the soccer portion of it, um, and now come work full time. So um, it's a very, very, very special place. Um, yes, I'm very biased with that. And we we really do believe it's somewhere where we've been able to control many of the variables, and really say this is our living laboratory. This is this is how we think sports organizations, schools, um, organizations can function and should function. Um, and so yeah, it's 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 one one now one of many prongs of work we do, but where where everything essentially was birthed out of.
0: That sounds like a fabulous experience, and, and one that you've personally gone through. Well, one of the defining quotes of your organization I really liked is from the founder, Kevin Morgan. He says this, when you find the best in yourself, you inspire the best in others. Um, Break that down from someone who's on the inside. You know, you're a staff member. How does one find the best in themselves and then there in turn uh, inspire others to find their best?
1: Yeah, so this this is really the, the core of it all, I think, right? So when when I said, you know, self-awareness is is really the seed, this is it. This is looking in the mirror and going, what's inside of me? Who am I? Where am I from? What has made me the person I am? Who is the person that I am? And it's really pushing people to ask themselves, who are you? What spaces do you operate in and how do you operate in them? What lenses do you wear? Right. Like, so. So how does your background or how does your educational experience, how does your sporting experience, how does that make you look at the world? How does that make you lead in the world? How does that make you who you are? You know, um, one of our facilitators, you know, always quotes Eckhart Tolle, which is with awareness comes choice. So can you reflect? Can you become aware of maybe some things you tend to do or say or the ways you behave? And then can you choose to change them or not, right? It comes back to this example of of active listening. Do I actively listen? Or am I just listening for the other person to finish their sentence? All right, now that I'm aware of what I'm doing, do I want to change that? How do I change that, right? So that's that's this idea that Kevin, one of our founders, came up with. And, and there's this idea they had an awareness, there is a lack of leadership on our team, and then they had a choice, what are we going to do about that? And so they decided to create, you know, Sports Challenge and Strive. But the intention was, how do we get the people we work with to ask those same questions of themselves? Am I a good leader? Am I not a good leader? What are the things I'm doing well? What are the things I'm not doing well? And so, um, you know, I, I'm very lucky to work for Thrive where those are questions we ask every day. Um, you know, what are you good at? What are you not good at? What do you need me to challenge you on? What do you need to get better at? Um, And so that's the finding the best in ourselves. And I think people, A, watching that process happen often become inspired, or B, that they see that product that comes out of it and, and want to know more and want to do better. So it's we, we have the quote hanging up in our office. We talk about it often. It, it, it is the center, the center of where we come from.
0: Very interesting. And, and as you think about your organization and the many other organizations, either working with student leaders or as a sports-related nonprofit, what do you believe separates your organization from all the others?
1: I think... One of, one of the core things that, that we really believe in, you know, it's just like we just talked about with the quote, is we want to work with organizations to make them better versions of themselves. We don't want to change them. We don't want to come and, and say this is the right way to do it, right? We, we don't believe leaders are born. Another myth we dispel is that, there is, that we don't believe that there is one way to lead. Um, So we're not going to come in and say, this is how you do it, do it, practice, go, go, go. We go into organizations and say, what are your core values? What are your core characteristics? What is your mission statement? So we meet them where they're at and we build out from that. Um, And so I think that makes us unique in that our work customizes to that. Our workshops our facilitations you know we 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 base it on the organization's core values so whereas we've done this same work with ourselves and these are the you know the values that we've come up with we live out every day um we want to help others live their own out not our truth but their truth um and so i think i think that makes us i think that makes us quite quite unique in that sense um, and and we, do, we do that across the board, like I said, with our organization and also with with our, our summer program, at Sports Challenge.
0: Well, you are a nonprofit organization, obviously, and as such, you have to raise support, seek donations. I mean, it's one of the key things for all nonprofit leaders. And, and then, of course, you're the director of development, so that's one of your primary hats you wear. What are your primary sources of financial support?
1: Um, it's, it's individual donors. Um, and, and it has been for, for many, many years is... Um, people you know who we, we call them they're on our team they they're people who believe in what we do um, and people who want to see our work continue to happen um, the last couple of years we've um, we've been moving more not more we've been moving into also securing grants to help us um, do uh, our year round programming so that our you know we, we meet our mission which is also that we want to ensure that leadership education is accessible to all. Um, no matter what their financial uh, uh, capabilities are. So a lot of program grants have allowed us to do that work. Um, but right now, it, it, it is um, you know asking people to give us money, to believe in us.
0: It sounds good. And for our listeners, there's a lot of people that are director of developments that listen to this podcast and or their EDs or CEOs of their organization. Um, how have you gone about developing your team, if you will? I mean, you're the chief fundraising officer, if you will, but I'm assuming you have other people on your team, perhaps even volunteer here's talk about the process of doing fundraising and even including things like using social media or special events. What are the ways you go about doing your fundraising beyond just you yourself?
1: Yeah. So um, that's, that's a great question because I think a, a lot of people are put off by fundraising and um, you yeah, we're on a non-profit leadership podcast and I, and I feel like that's obviously the lifeblood for everyone's involvement. Um, and, and for us, we, we frame it as like fundraising is, advocate, is advocacy. We're advocating for what we believe in. We advocate for our work. So everyone does it all the time. Um, yes, I'm the one who coordinates happy hours and um, special fundraising campaigns and scholarship campaigns, and yes, we, we do those. But the, but the primary seed that we build from is that everyone's job is to fundraise at all points, not by asking for money necessarily, but by advocating for the work that we do. Right? It's this idea, and, and Simon Sinek talks about it a lot, this start with why. Right? If we can share our why with as many people as we can passionately, and people do they they see it and they 're like, "Yes, we need this," and then they ask, "How how can we help that's that's kind of how how we latch people in so that's that's kind of the first part. yes, we all fundraise um the other process that we do is again we we try and you know, we live out our values every single day that is part of our culture that's part of what we believe, and so any event that we host, and it, it might sound simple, but even a happy hour. We want to ensure that we are spreading that message, that we are utilizing it to, to make, to allow people to learn more about us, to learn about our work, to advocate for our work. Um, and so we we host a couple of those events, we do a couple of give backs, um, and then we have two main fundraising periods within the organisation, which is a summer scholarship campaign, which is geared towards just raising scholarship funds for sports challenge. That is ensuring accessibility for all to our summer programme. And then we do an end of year annual giving campaign which is really to continue to help with the operating costs and, and you know the functioning of our of our organization. And and those um, are a combination of, you know, direct appeals um, as well as uh trying to see trying to get extra sponsors. Um uh, and, and those kind of things and, and we we heavily rely on um, both the use of social media online networking um, as well as just in person meeting with people um, and and connecting with them so um, long story short we do a little bit of everything a little bit of anything and uh, we ask people for money yeah
0: and have, you know in the process of fundraising have you found any impact of social media and the way you do fundraising has it changed the way you do fundraising
1: um, I mean I, I'll pre- this is with this you know i've i've entered into the world of development within the last year so saying i've seen it change uh, would would be a lie the the impact that i see of it is that it can muddy the water in that there's so much you could do and there's so much you're tempted to do um that that in order for it to be effective it's it's assessing what can you do well, and what can you do all the time so we 're at that stage in in really utilizing some of some of the online content that we can to analyze okay what are things that are actually actually successful um, and then you know, really reviewing how we run our campaigns. So yes, I think social media is, is a huge, huge proponent of fundraising. And I think it can be so good because you're literally in someone's hand and in someone's life consistently. Uh, for us, and I think many other organizations right now, it's how do we do that effectively? How do we do that while staying on mission um, and, and connecting with people and being that difference maker? Um, so I think, I think that's just the, the next step of figuring that out.
0: Well, great insights. Again, if you just tuned in. Our guest today is Linda schirmeister Guest, and she's the Director of Development for Strive, and Strive is a nonprofit dedicated to spreading the power of character-driven leadership. Linda, if they want to get a hold of you or find out more about Strive, um, where can they get a hold of you?
1: Um, so our website is striveleadership.org. Um, and all the information um, is, is on there. I'd, you know, anyone who wants to reach out to me, uh, Linda at striveleadership.org, pretty simple email. They don't have to mess around with my last name. Um, yeah, and, and we're, we're always looking for, for ways to connect with people and collaborate with others and, and hear from them. And then for all my uh, social media people out there, at howyouleadmatters with a U um, is our handle on all those platforms.
0: Well, Linda, this has been wonderful. Thanks so much for what you're doing. Uh, Strive seems like one of those organizations that really is committed to developing good leaders, not just leaders, but character-driven leaders, uh, which is so critical. So thanks for your time today.